0: Hello and welcome to Sci-Fi. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury. This week, Sarah Lehman is back. She came over to watch My Stepmother is an Alien so we could chat about that, because I've never seen it before. So we sat down to record, uh, and before we got to talking about My Stepmother is an Alien, we talked for a full 45 minutes about some really interesting stuff. So that's going to be the episode this week, and you can look forward to some Dan Aykroyd comedy gold next week. So for this episode, we ended up talking a lot about clickbait and the media and, you know, how we can reach a utopian Star Trek future from our current situation, and it was really interesting. So uh, this is stuff I've wanted to talk about since Trump was elected, but I was just exhausted and didn't even know how to approach it, and it just ended up happening with Sarah the other day, which is great. So here is Sarah Lehman and I talking about a whole lot of shit. Hope you enjoy. your
1: latte? Delicious. Yeah. It's
0: delicious. Good.
1: Yeah. How is your Americano? It's so good. I know I tasted it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wait, let me taste your latte. Oh. Miles. Miles. You trying to get latte on your face? Oh. Take it. Nope. Nope. I'm not taking your last sip. Why? Because that's against the rules. I'm not a barbarian, Sarah. (laughs) I know,
1: but we're friends. You can have my last sip and it's okay. I appreciate that. if you were...
0: But because we were friends, I refuse it.
1: That's... You're a good friend. Yeah. What can I say?
0: Yeah. And you're a good friend for offering.
1: Yeah. Always. My brought, sip is always your sip.
0: You're <laughs> such a good friend that you actually brought me tacos for breakfast.
1: Well, when is I going to not bring you tacos for breakfast?
0: <laughs> it was so good. I'm like celebrating being off of this dumb diet. I'm by, celebrating it too. By <laughs> eating tacos chukis. Yeah. The best tacos.
1: They were so good.
0: They're so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. The slice of pineapple is just magical.
1: Yeah. And I felt... Like a good person being able to bring you tacos again. Like it made me feel like I was doing my duty as a human yeah. by feeding you tacos. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, believe me. It felt good going in
1: too. <laughs> I always believe you when you say that. Yeah. Uh
0: when I say believe me or when I say that it felt good going in. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's been a while since you've been on the show.
1: Yeah, it has yeah. been.
0: So you got this exciting thing coming up. You're doing this Planned Parenthood event. Yes. Tell me well, about that. Yeah.
1: So uh, my wife, Rachel, um, is actually doing it with uh, two of her other cook friends, um, Bernie and Rita. They've they've cooked together and have known each other for 10 plus years. Um, and so they're doing like a little pop-up restaurant event. Um and all the proceeds are going to go to support Planned Parenthood of the Pacific Northwest, which is nice. awesome. Yeah, so it's going to be on uh, May 23rd.
0: <laughs> Should we check that?
1: Yeah, let me check that. You can cut all this nonsense out, right?
0: I can. <laughs> Whether or not it will remains to be seen.
1: I know. I know. Because I, I know how you... How you operate.
0: Yeah.
1: May 23rd. Yes. Cool. And it's going to be at the Abbey in Fremont.
0: Awesome. <clears throat> so, what
1: time? Um at six o'clock. Six or six thirty. <laughs> Let me get back at you for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be um you know tamales and there's going to be lots of food and um hopefully there'll be maybe some door prizes we're still kind of working cool. on uh things for people to win but it's it's all just 100% donation everybody who is working the event is volunteering their time um to us which is awesome so the the higher the turnout the better nice yeah it's uh, the event is called protect our tacos
0: protect our tacos yes awesome i'll be there yeah i can't wait
1: i will be there too i think i'm gonna be serving tables oh really (laughs) yeah
0: i tasted the tamales they're amazing yeah
1: they're so good they're so good yeah yeah rachel and i were going over uh salsa recipes this morning and it made me like really really excited for the event because it's gonna be some good food yeah yeah
0: it's nice to have a a wife whose priorities are straight where you're talking about salsa recipes with like all seriousness exactly yeah
1: (laughs) that is that's not a joking matter in my house (laughs)
0: not at all yeah like, I get that way about guacamole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it has to be done right. I mean, it's not yeah. something that should be joked about.
0: Because good guacamole is like, it's like getting fucked in the mouth.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. But also bad guacamole is like, I, I it's mean, awful. it's the worst. You
0: take that risk every time. you Yeah. You, you That's put why everybody hesitates.
1: When you go to a restaurant, everyone, you look up and you look at everybody dead in the eyes and say, you guys want to get guacamole? because everyone knows that it's a throw of the dice. Like right. you, unless it's tried and true guacamole, but
0: Back in San Diego there's this place called El Torito, which is like a family chain restaurant, but mm-hmm. they do tableside guacamole and it's amazing. Yum. They just like I mean they they open up avocados at your table and pour them and yeah. Like they like scoop them out into a yeah, bowl yeah. and like mix everything in and mix it together. Yeah. And then you eat it. And it's like literally the best guacamole. Yeah. That I'd ever had until I tried I to make it.
1: Don't ever <laughs> want to eat guacamole in a restaurant that isn't made that way now. Like just yeah. in front of my face. <laughs> totally.
0: Store-bought guacamole is disgusting.
1: It's the worst. Yeah. I've
0: never found one that was worth eating.
1: No, they're all garbage. Yeah. It's all trash.
0: I mean, I'd love to find, if you have recommendations, no. tweet them to me.
1: Oh, yeah. You being you all- the
0: royal you you all y'all the word you will
1: yeah (laughs) if you don't mind
0: yeah you're called
1: y'all now you're
0: all 'all. y'all y'all
1: i say y'all actually quite a bit
0: i say y'all kind of a lot too yeah which is weird every
1: now and again the like colorado comes out of me you know and i yeah
0: y'all's not even something that people said in san diego i don't know why i say it it's easy hey y'all What's up, y'all? Sounds friendly. Yeah. I don't know. It just like makes up, me y'all? happy. What's up, yeah. y'all? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I, you know what I don't say is hella. I've heard you say hella a couple times.
1: Yeah. That's a bad habit that I picked up in California. It's like a venereal disease saying hella. <laughs> 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 like you don't know when exactly you catch it, but all of a sudden it's there and raging and you're yeah. like, I got to knock this out.
0: Yeah. You're but- like, man, all of a sudden I'm saying hella and my crotch itches. <laughs> And it started at the same time.
1: I know. Well, I'm and I'm really mad at myself because uh, when we first moved to California, I vowed that I would not say hella
0: because uh-huh. it
1: bugged the shit out of me. Uh-huh. And now I say it and I'm like, oh, I just like hate myself a little bit more.
0: I remember when No Doubt came out with Hella Good. It was kind of like on the cusp <laughs> of like, I feel like hella would have just gone away. But then hella good happened. And all of a sudden it was like, you know what? Maybe I will say hella. Yeah. Like people that I knew started saying hella and mm-hmm. I was I'm like the last holdout yeah uh of not saying hella. For no yeah. I mean I don't I don't care. You know, yeah. it's like it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. It's just not something I say. And the only the only thing I care about is like that the things that I say feel natural to yeah. me. You yeah. You know? So for me to say hella just feels unnatural and I'm like, oh, I said that. That's, that's not me. That's, 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 that's a good point,
1: because when I do say it, it does feel natural.
0: Then that's great. Then you should say it. It's
1: kinda like I also say dope. Like something like yeah. there's some things that are just fucking Dope, totally. And you gotta say it that way. I th- I, okay I throw in that.
0: a dope like three times a year. Yeah. But when I say it, I mean it. It's dope. That shit is dope, <laughs> y'all.
1: <laughs> that's hella dope.
0: Uh, that's hella dope, y'all. Maybe you just gave me hella's. Maybe I'm gonna start saying it. Maybe,
1: yeah. You just caught the hella from me. Yeah. Yeah, it's an airborne.
0: Yeah. Illness. <laughs> I think my my colloquialism is dude <laughs> like that's yeah. what I, i'm like Sub dude
1: yeah no i say dude a lot i call
0: everyone dude hey yeah. dude like yeah. when i when i talk to a friend on the phone it's almost always dude yeah and i i found myself only doing it with guys i'm like that's not fair so now i do it with everyone
1: yeah no i <laughs> I, I i dude everyone too yeah. my sister my nephews yeah yeah it's hard for me to not dude people at work yeah. i'm like don't do that you're not 12
0: yeah um, i love dude though me too And then the big Lebowski just legitimized dude to me. Yeah. I like dude before the big Lebowski. And then after that, it had extra special special meaning to me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I say it all the time. Yeah. Every time I drink white Russians, I make everyone call me the dude.
0: Yeah. Every time, every time I roll a J, I'm like, (laughs) you mind if I do a J? That's not true. I've done that twice, but that's that's not enough. Yeah. It's not every time. That was a lie. It was hyperbole. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I have a hyperbole issue sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think everyone does, though. I,
0: okay. I, everything is the greatest thing, and all of my movies are my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, uh, all, all of my movies are my favorite movie, too. And yeah. Yeah, whatever book I'm reading, it's my favorite book. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think Joy is my favorite, and whatever's bringing me Joy is my favorite.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, like that. I think that's fair. That's totally fair. Absolutely. I stand and by it. You can have a favorite of, like, a m- multitude of favorites, you Yeah, know? like,
0: uh, you can have a favorite movie called The Mummy Returns. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't. I don't have a favorite Mummy Returns. I do have a favorite original, The Mummy.
1: I've How never seen any this? of them.
0: What? You yeah. haven't seen The Mummy with Brendan Fraser? No. Oh, shit, Sarah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's happening. <laughs> We're... It's not a sci-fi movie, but that's happening okay. and we're podcasting. About okay. It. That's let's, happening. Let's make
1: that happen. Yeah. Let's make that happen.
0: You and I are going to Hominoptera. Uh
1: you don't okay. even know what that means yet. I don't uh,
0: get ready. But I'm they're, ready to go. They're remaking the mummy with Tom Cruise. And it looks, it looks like I can't tell if it looks good or bad. I, I'm just not interested. I mean, yeah. the thing that made the Mummy brilliant was the sparkling chemistry between <laughs> Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Like that's, <laughs> that's what that movie was all about. Yeah, and it's just like the perfect tone. Yeah, it's so good. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I always wanted to watch it, but I just never, never have. Well, you know what I saw this morning? What? Um, a trailer for the new Wonder Woman.
0: It looks great.
1: That shit looks hella dope, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so good. It looks
0: really good.
1: I'm so excited for it.
0: Yeah. I saw that trailer with Andy and she was saying how she was disappointed that Wonder Woman wasn't built. Like, Wonder Woman wasn't, like, a bodybuilder in the way that, like, you know, The, the Rock cl- is yeah. plays superheroes. Yeah. Uh, or, like, who else? I don't know. Like, when Chris Pratt became Star-Lord, he had to get cut a had to get, get buff like, for it. big and buff yeah and gal gadot is like i mean gorgeous yeah and i think she looks strong and i was like it, when she first said that i was like well i don't know because i saw batman v superman and i felt like she really held her own in that which mm-hmm. is a ter- which is a testament to her in such a bad movie yeah the fact that she was still like worth seeing in that movie i'm like yeah i would watch a movie about her even though i didn't give a shit about anything else that was happening yeah in that movie um and it never, I never really occurred to me that she wasn't like, didn't look strong enough to be Wonder Woman, because I think she does. But then mm-hmm. what Andy was saying is that it'd be cool to have someone who was more of like a bodybuilder type, mm-hmm. who's less traditionally attractive yeah. to play Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now you're, now I'm with you. And that's a cool idea. Like,
1: yeah. Like yeah. someone
0: who's, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think Katie Sackhoff is very traditionally attractive, but she's also like strong as hell. You yeah. Know? And. She, like, that's part of what I loved about her so much on Battlestar was mm-hmm. that she looked like she could fight she and win. She looked tough. You know? Yeah. 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 Totally. And Gal Gadot kind of, I don't know, I guess she looks like that to me, but I could see how.
1: I don't know. In the trailers that I've seen, Wonder Woman looks like she could kick anyone's ass. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's going to be critiques, of course, from everybody that, you know, she just like there is with every she should be this way she should be more that way right you know whatever um but i just want to be excited to see it and then after i watch it then i'll pick it apart
0: but i like that for now i'm just excited yeah yeah Yeah, because it made me think about like xena and what good casting that was
1: oh my god yeah she was so great
0: lucy lawless like yeah just infinitely like uh interesting to look at because she's just yeah because she's great on screen yeah and
1: she is not like like her face i don't think is like traditionally like beautiful if that i mean i don't want to sound insulting but she doesn't have like that because she has like a very um like sculpted like bone structure right Right. so she has like a a wide like square jaw and stuff which i mean i think that she is beautiful but she's she's not like supermodel you know, because she looks tough,
0: right, totally, yeah, and I think I think that was Andy's point is that like looking tough is not really uh like smiled at as a woman you yeah. know which is which is kind of shitty, and I think that like Zena is a perfect example of of mm-hmm. something outside of that mold that is successful and is like sexy as hell so yeah. like, if if the issue is that like these Hollywood executives are like, well, we can't have a woman on the show or we can't have a woman starring as Wonder Woman who's not like crazy gorgeous and super attractive because we won't be able to sell tickets I'm like Uh well by whose standard you know because like you you just find someone who can fill the role who's interesting to look at and who cares Uh if they're like traditionally attractive I mean you know like with actors like Robert De Niro has a very interesting face he's not necessarily like handsome yeah Uh, or traditionally attractive at all, Mm -hmm. but he's so interesting and expressive and you just want to watch him all day long. Yeah.
1: Well, and also, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with how actors bring the the characters to the screen because if, like, the character is interesting and you are emotionally connected to them, then you are going to want to watch them on the screen. You know, you're going to be invested in in what happens to them, you know? And so a lot of it, I don't think necessarily needs to be... Like oh, are they sexually attractive or not? Right, because right. they just have to be like an interesting character, and then totally. no matter what, you care about what happens to them. Right. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because, like, I mean, I like looking at sexually attractive people, but it's well, not like it's not like a requirement for me to enjoy a movie.
1: Yeah, and it, and it shouldn't be because, like, I mean, especially women have just been sexualized because that is what society wants to make them um more appealing as right so yeah. you, like so women are not intelligent or good characters you know written on the page or the screen you know they just have to be hypersexualized and then that is enough you know which is dumb
0: yeah yeah it's frustrating i think that's starting to change though i think that there's been like a lot of pro- positive progress very recently with the representation of of women on screen. Yeah. And of, you know, non-white people.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I'm not even comfortable. It's interesting, like, uh, we've grown up in white America being told that all other people are minorities. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: But really, not. I mean...
0: It just depends where you are. Like, in a particular room, there can be, like, one person who's Korean mm -hmm. and seven people from... Who are like white americans and yeah uh and one person who's like a african-american mm-hmm. and the the korean and the african-american are the minorities in that room yeah but you go into another room where it's reversed and they're not minorities anymore yeah i hate that I, I don't like the idea of of that i feel like we need to get into this place where people are just like people
1: yeah i i, I think that we're on our way for that yeah. you know i mean i i think it's
0: i think some of us are <laughs>
1: yeah i th- I think that with the current like political landscape and just like everything that's happened over the past like year people are becoming much more aware
0: mm-hmm.
1: of um you know racial inequality and, and everything like that um and so i don't know i mean as as much as the white house is just a sack of fucking trash right now um <laughs> I, I'm hopeful because the world is acknowledging it and is trying to to do something about it. Yeah. You know,
0: I just watched the People versus OJ Simpson this week, and then uh, Andy and I went down this like OJ rabbit hole because yep. it was so good. I mean, that was one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. Uh, and then we went on down this rabbit hole. Where we watched this five part documentary about OJ Simpson, also. Um, and I, I mean, I was very young when that trial happened, and Mm -hmm. I didn't have any concept of what the LA riots were as a kid, because, like, that happened when I was, I don't know, like, seven or something, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the the trial was in 93, so I would have been... Uh, like nine years old when it happened. So I have memory of OJ Simpson being on TV and all that stuff, but I didn't understand the the political and the racial backdrop of what was happening in that trial. And the fact that the verdict was kind of a fuck you to the police. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of the LAPD on trial more than OJ Simpson on trial. Mm-hmm. And it was so bizarre to watch something that was like a, both a fictionalized and a documentary version of something that happened in 1993 that so represents where we're at now (laughs) the fact that police brutality against the african-american community is still so bad you know yeah like i don't know i mean it's insane that these things just keep happening like how is there racism like institutionalized racism in law enforcement like how is that continuing to happen over and over
1: because because it's it's institutionalized it's it's because right. the racism is built into the institution itself yeah. you know and i think that that's what a lot of people don't understand is that because it's like it goes back to you know you say black lives matter black lives absolutely matter and then somebody says well all lives matter and it's like that's not the point right the point is is that the the way that the government is set up the institutions of the united states like the police force and you know um politics and i mean even just prisons and everything are, are built off of racism yeah you know and so <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know i mean I, I think that we have a long long way to go absolutely yeah. like the fight is going to be long and it's going to be hard um but i think that i think that we're we're starting i think like we're at the beginning of making like real progress towards something different
0: I hope so. I mean, I, I've been feeling like that. But then, when Trump got elected, I felt like I was wrong. Like I felt like the over. I mean, it, it's depending on how you, how you look at things. Over <laughs> half of the country elected someone who makes racist remarks. Yeah. You know? And sure, like Hillary won the popular vote, but all that aside, you know, enough people voted for a racist. Or at least someone who's sympathetic to the fucking KKK, whether or not he's Ugh. a racist or not. Well,
1: he, if, you're if you're sympathetic to, to the KKK, yeah. you must be racist. Yeah, you're right? racist. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so the fact that that happened is, like, terrifying to me. Yeah. And then, like, the stuff that's going on in Chechnya right now, yeah. with the like, the concentration camps. Uh. I just... I And then, like, the you know, bombing of Syria.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like we're, like, tumbling into World War III, you know? And yeah. it's, it's terrifying <clears> to <throat> me.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It, no, it's... It is terrifying, absolutely. And I... Yeah, I totally agree with you. But, you know, sometimes like shit unfortunately has to get worse before it can get better. Yeah. You know, and I think that maybe, maybe that's why like I am always an optimist. Yeah. Even when like shit is really bad, I think that like when it comes to like the end of the day, I have like faith that people will ultimately do the right thing hmm. for each other because what affects one of us affects all of us yeah and i i can't i can't like navigate my life without that without that understanding that people are are inherently good people make bad choices and people are bred and like to have like the worst information you know what i mean people are are misinformed on things or just simply uneducated on a lot of things um but I I do think that eventually we're all gonna like make some sort of headway with it. It might get really bad for a minute, mm-hmm. but I think that it will get better.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just afraid. I I agree with you. Like I I am optimistic also that you know, like the the course of human history has been a steady increase in civil liberties, mm-hmm. uh, or at least like modern culture. Yeah. So my fear is that we like in the line of that increasing and the line of, you know, weapons of mass destruction, getting more and more deadly. Where do those cross? And are we going to get out (laughs) alive? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's what freaks me out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's what freaks me out too. It's like, you know, hopefully we all learn before we all kill, before we kill ourselves, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's which, which one is going to happen first. Yeah. Um,
0: I yeah, I I told you my theory about how we can like cuz I feel like in the fictional Star Trek timeline I mean versus I don't know versus what the real Star Trek timeline is like
1: there's a uh, non-fictional <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's like a there's a World War 3 and then humanity like what's left of humanity kind of uh rallies together once we make first contact with an alien race mm-hmm. because like they've seen so much destruction uh, knowing that there's something else out there kind of brings everyone together, but it took world war three to get there. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking a lot of like, how can we avoid world war three and still get to a, like a positive star Trek utopian future. And uh, I, I feel like the biggest obstacle between us and that future right now is access to news. Yeah. I feel like, you know, none of us necessarily really know what's going on and we're making these big choices and feeling these big passionate things over news articles that we don't even know are true because there's no, Uh, there's no way to know if your news is true. You know, you can like look at corroborating sources, but all these horrible things are happening now where someone is tweeting something and then another news agency is picking it up as news and then reporting it. And then a third agency sees the second agency's report and then reports it as if it were true when it's just something that some person tweeted. So Mm -hmm. like, that's got to (coughs) change.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of that too, I think just comes down to people having basic like f- fundamental knowledge of how to like understand information right you know yeah. i mean it, it comes like what am i trying to say here um you know like with like when you're looking at like s- evidence for anything right mm-hmm. you want to make sure that it is like peer-reviewed like there's all these steps that like any scientist has to take to right. um to make sure that like they're not just making shit up. Right. Right. Um, I mean, and, and that same, like the, the scientific method can be applied to everything in life. So, you know, people just need to understand that it takes time and it takes patience and you have to put in your due diligence. Mm -hmm. Right. And when like right now, and we have been for so long in a society where everything is just so quick and we just want to like read all of our news, like in, you know, matter of, minutes and and not have to think too deeply into anything we just want everything immediately that that mindset needs to change yeah because it is up to us especially with a especially with a white house that is full of lies flat out blatant
0: lies right and that's, that's why i say that like the the source like good source of information it could be a make or break thing for us because we now have a a, a president who lies regularly and that I, terrifies me
1: yeah and yeah
0: like the fact that like Steve Bannon who runs Breitbart News would report things that were lies that Trump would then tweet and cite Breitbart as his source mm-hmm. I mean that is like the propaganda machine from from George Orwell's 1984 yeah you know that's like telling people what to think because it enhances your agenda. yeah. And if you have a platform through which people can hear you and believe you, mm-hmm. um, like that's dangerous. But I don't think that we should limit anybody's speech. I mean, obviously I'm a podcaster. I I'm saying whatever the fuck I think, and I'm putting it out there because I want it to be heard. Yeah. And I think that that, that is a good thing because I'm not claiming to be a news organization. You know, I'm just, this is entertainment. This yeah. is just supposed to be thought provoking at the most. Uh, yeah. uh, so I have this theory that, which I've told you about that we, that Facebook needs to kind of step up right now, because I think that Facebook is, uh, I mean, there's been, there's been some talk about how Facebook might be in some way, not responsible, but have contributed to Trump's winning the election because Facebook is where a lot of uh, blog posts, like pretending to be news are passed around as news mm-hmm. and a lot of people believe that stuff it's like you know we were at the grocery store the other day and i saw the national Enquirer, and i was thinking wow like this used to be the worst that we had the yeah. national Enquirer, like this and everyone knew that it was fake you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: but come to find out now that a lot of people don't know that shit's fake a lot of people believe everything that they read and stuff like that yeah a lot of people believe everything they read on on you know breitbart which is uh, a an quote-unquote news organization from a white supremacist standpoint,
1: yeah,
0: um, that should not be able to call itself news. Yeah. So I had this idea that when you post something on Facebook, like Facebook should implement something, like a tiered posting system for news mm-hmm. so that when you post something on Facebook you either post it as entertainment or news. Mm -hmm. And if it's entertainment, uh, maybe it's color coded. So if it's entertainment, it shows up as like blue. Yeah. And if you post something as news, then you have to answer two questions. One, did you read the entire article? And two, did it cite sources? Yeah. Those are the only questions you have to answer. And if uh, both of those answers are yes, then it's green. And if you don't answer, then it's red. Yeah. And then it's news is color coded. So you can tell that like Everyone has to take individual responsibility when they post something to say, "Yes, I believe that this, to the best of my knowledge, is probably true, and not just some nonsense headline that I saw and freaked out about and shared." And I, I mean, reading articles is is like a make or break thing right now because when yeah. people just share stuff without reading it, like it trends like wildfire if it's got an inflammatory enough um, mm-hmm. title, headline. yeah. So. Like that real life, dangerous things are happening because of that. Uh, I mean, good things can happen from that also. But I feel like, you know, people need to take it upon themselves to when you read an inflammatory headline, like open it up and read it. Yeah, because 90 percent of the time when I do that, it says uh, this person said that they might do this. Maybe sometime in the future, but the article was like, this person is doing this. Yeah. Like that person's not doing that.
1: They're not doing anything. Yeah. They're eating a sandwich. Totally. Leave them alone. And
0: they're fantasizing about the future. Yeah. Like that's not news. Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, and, and yeah, I, I think that I totally agree that there is a responsibility for, you know, organizations to, to have to, you know, make sure that they're assigning their sources and everything like that. But ultimately, It's left up to to the people, you know, and it's really like people in in this country need to be and around the world need to be more educated on how to figure out when something is bullshit. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what it really comes down to is like, because if somebody doesn't know how to. Investigate uh, an article to see, like, are the sources cited? as, is, is it legitimate? Like, where is it coming from? Yeah. And everything like that. Like, how are they supposed to answer those two questions? You know? So I think that it, it really, it, I think that we as a society need to start educating our people better yeah. to think for themselves to be to have better critical thinking skills. Totally.
0: Well, just answering whether or not you've read it and whether or not it cites sources, yeah. like you don't need to be smart yeah. for that. Like yeah. you can literally just look at that. And yeah. I think like most you don't even have to be right, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you just have to I think the just putting in that one tiny little roadblock mm-hmm. would kind of shift the conversation because right now we've commoditized shocking headlines. Yeah. Like the whole internet works off clickbait. Yeah. If people click on your website, then then they can see whatever your advertisers have posted and you get money. So having the most shocking headline possible is a legitimate way to make money right now. But I feel like we should commoditize, you know, the truth. Yeah. Because we, we've we commoditized the opposite of that. Yeah. So if if news agencies had to fight for... A good rating in the people's eyes just like just saying that they you know at least tried to be factual Mm -hmm. um and which i mean that my my idea doesn't even necessarily do but i feel like it um
1: it would it would absolutely help
0: i think it helps i think it helps enough without stopping anyone from having free speech yeah or from having their own opinions
1: well yeah i mean and that's the thing is like i i totally think everyone should have right their right to free speech have your opinions but. You know, there are things that are factually true, and there are things that are not um, and what it just bothers me that people don't know how to, don't know how to distinguish between the two, not just for the news, but for everything in life. Yeah. you know, when it comes to like fad diets, like people can't a lot of people can't just like think critically about, you know how how is this diet researched, you know, and like mm-hmm. be able to to f- follow a scientific path to knowledge right you know and that's that's what i would like to see more of yeah
0: i agree yeah yeah i mean i feel like the the type of like critical thinking that science teaches when applied to all of life will make you a better person
1: absolutely yeah yeah yeah, because it teaches you how just to problem solve really right so if if you Are in any problem, you can think about how would you get out of said problem, Yeah, you know, and I think that that is beneficial for everything. But I mean, yeah, when we're talking about the news, it's it's hard when, you know, your own government is lying to you or trying to trying to tell you
0: when your government tells you like that things are fake news when yeah. they when they're like crying wolf i mean mm-hmm. they, they are the ones creating fake news and then they accuse the other people of fake news and then yeah. fake news is now a thing that we have yeah. to deal with there's there's an and alternative facts yeah there's no such thing as alternative facts yeah. you know yeah like the the fact that that's now in our lexicon is is terrifying to me yeah as someone who grew up on on post-apocalyptic science fiction where like, government's telling you that is how they keep control of you yeah. i mean i feel like the trump administration is is an entire system of control that's terrifying. Yeah. And the fact that they are in power is terrifying. Yeah. And the fact that people gave up their own, uh, like it's the first time in my lifetime that uh, an administration that ran on a platform of curtailing certain individuals rights won. Yeah. Or like taking rights away from people Mm -hmm. won. Yeah. That's like very bad (laughs) news. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I just, I just don't want to see humanity have to go through World War III to reach some sort of, uh, to reach a point where I say, you know what, like maybe we should pull our resources, yeah. and and be one humanity, you know, because yeah. imagine what we could accomplish. But right now, everything is like run off of money and fear, mm-hmm. and it's producing frightening results. Yeah, and I, we really need to figure out. How to change that and how to get away from that? Well, and I think the first step is just having access to good information about what's going on, yeah, so you can have an informed opinion
1: absolutely. But I mean, no matter what, I mean we we could. Say all kinds of things, right, to people who are on the far right, like diehard Trump supporters, right, who think yeah. that everything that he says is the truth. Right. You could tell them what the actual truth is until you're blue in their, until you're and blue in the face, and they'll totally. they'll not hear you because you they know, have
0: news to cite that says that what they believe is exactly, true, and that's dangerous. Exactly.
1: You know, and that's why again, like I. I wish there was a way we could just make everybody overnight be able to like critically think about the things that are being like said right. to them or, or information that's being given to them. Because without that, without someone's ability to look at a news article and say, is this, you know, like, you know, when you read a news article that is false, you you're like three sentences in and you're like, I don't yeah. know about well, this, You know it's what the I way mean? That they're
0: written because they're written in uh, sort of. What's what's the word? Uh, they're written with no speci- specificity.
1: Yeah, where yeah. everything
0: is like this person potentially did this, and
1: yeah, it's uh, all like vague innuendo and right, yeah.
0: totally, yeah, yeah, totally.
1: It's it's just like I mean, when we look at like the National Enquirer, right? Like we were saying earlier, the grocery yeah, store, yeah, like you know that it is is false. I mean, you can just look at it and be like, "There's yeah. that's not real." You know, yeah. like everything about it looks fake, but like you said, a lot of people believe that to be true just because somebody printed it on paper. Right.
0: For me, it's like this looks too ridiculous to be true. Let me see if anyone else is saying the same thing, and they aren't, so I don't believe. Yeah, it, and so you know? that
1: is the point which a lot of people are missing: is yeah. this seems like too good to be true, or this seems too crazy yeah. to be true. Right. Let me check in on that. Right. Right. It's that. Let me check.
0: Right. So, and, but people- that, yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: that's that's also where i am now afraid is because now people can check and find sources that are lying because there's no there's no regulation about calling yourself a news agency and lying yeah and that that's like a fundamental change in american life
1: yeah i mean yeah
0: like as when i was a kid the idea that something could be a lie on the news was crazy to me. I mean, that just didn't happen that I knew of. I mean, sure, there was like sensationalism in journalism, Mm -hmm. but the whole idea of journalistic integrity was very strong. And there was sort of this romantic idea around being a journalist and and telling the truth no matter what. Yeah. And now being a journalist means like, uh it's very similar to like johnny cochran in the oj trial mm-hmm. telling a more powerful narrative than the other side is yeah. now journalism yeah uh, whether or not it's true like johnny cochran and his team uh like i think it was uh, shapiro who made up the idea that like mark Furman had planted the glove mm-hmm. if i remember correctly so i mean one someone on the defense team made up the idea that the evidence had been planted and yeah. then And then went about trying to prove that to the jury and then had some incredibly lucky breaks with what happened in the trial.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, As far as like Mark Furman being the worst racist possible, who had a a recording of saying that he would plant evidence. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Which is crazy. And it really I mean, watching it and like watching the documentary really made me start to question everything I thought about oj yeah until you get to the part in the documentary where he like told one of his friends years later that he'd done it and then he gets arrested again for stealing memorabilia at gunpoint and Mm -hmm. um it's crazy it's just the craziest fucking story yeah and the fact that it's true is bizarre but anyway like the whole the whole idea of telling a more powerful narrative uh i think is is kind of a disease Mm -hmm. uh when you're trying to prove facts yeah you should be trying to prove facts you should not be trying to weave a narrative around the facts that fits your agenda yeah that is like fundamentally dishonest and dangerous to society and I feel like that's what Trump has run on
1: yeah this is just like a different version of uh like you know, a 1920s salesperson selling snake oil, you know, on a like box, you know, like the flashier and louder, you know, come on folks, get it right here. You know, like, like this is just a different version of that, of like being, get your
0: border wall, get your border wall here. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) You know, but I mean, it's, it's the same, it's the same stuff. They're just being like louder and flashier and stuff. And people are still, you know, gullible and, and unfortunately falling for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I understand the the pull of doing it because, I mean, I have a podcast. I want to have a bigger audience. Yeah. I try to choose titles that I think people will want to click on. Mm-hmm. But I also, uh, it's just as important to me that the titles be representative of what the show is going to be. Yeah. Because, because I want sustainable listenership. I don't want someone to click on something and be like, oh, this is labeled... Uh, I don't know, whatever. And he talked about something else the entire time, which I, you know, I reserve my right to do. But anyway, I try to. You
1: don't want to be a flat out liar, though.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to use clickbait to get people listen to my podcast unless it's something true. Like maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Lyme disease. That was my best title ever. That was
1: a great title.
0: But and that was it was true. You know, it's like, you know if if I had done that whole thing and like Lyme disease had been this little tiny portion of the diagnostic process, that would have been dishonest and that would have been sort of clickbaity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I feel like maybe instead of using clickbait, we could just use creativity and come up with things that people will want to read uh, or want to click on that yeah. are also true. I yeah. feel like that's infinitely possible. And I just want to see like part of journalistic integrity in the future, I think is going to require that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But also at the same time, like a lot of, a lot of, clickbait headlines is what what people want to be true totally you know which is don't even read the article and they
0: just assume that it's true
1: yeah i mean and and that's what bothers me is like they're just because you want something to be true doesn't mean that it is true like i want it to be true that i have a million dollars right I don't have a million dollars. You know, like you can't right. just like, well, how about you I'll write just, an
0: article that says you have a million dollars and then you can cite it as your source when you go to okay,
1: the bank. Perfect. Dumb. And I'll be like, um, I have proof here yeah. that I have a million dollars.
0: <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have, unfortunately, like any ideas of what to do. Like, yeah. and I think about this a lot. Like what can I do in my life to like help change my where we are at, you know? Right. And, um, the only thing that I can think of is like, you donate your time, you volunteer to organizations you believe in, you have, you know, hard conversations about racism and, Sexism and all the isms and everything, you know, with people. And you be a good person. You just try to be a good person. Fuck yeah. You know, and and beyond that, like giving people your time and what money you can and your voice. You know, hopefully that's that will be enough.
0: Yeah, you know, I I told I agree with that a thousand percent. And the only other thing that I've come up with beyond that is to create art that reflects a positive viewpoint.
1: Absolutely. Or yeah.
0: that um can like write science fiction about the future of the Trump America and what could go wrong because of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that, that that's like a powerful narrative that needs to be told right now. Yeah. Um and then you know, I'm all about powerful narratives as long as they're not like just because as long as it's not in the news world and they're not just doing it to lie to you. I mean, Absolutely. I, like I think that uh entertainment, everything and anything should be represented. You know, I I feel like even the people that have hateful things in their hearts should have the, uh, should be able to create art and say what they want to say with it, Mm -hmm. even if it's awful, because I reserve my right to ignore it. Yep. But you know, news is like a, news should be sacred. News should be, yes. news should be scientific. Yeah. Uh, it should be color coded on Facebook. Yes. Yes, it should. Uh, Yeah. So I feel, I feel like we need to shift the, the social consciousness. And I think that, like the social consciousness now in the age of social media, like you can you can gauge that easier than you could before, mm-hmm. and yes, it's like all over the place all the time, but it sways to one side or the other, yeah, and I think that we need to inject it with a sense of morality and conscience. I think that we should have a conscience for the internet, yeah you know? that when you post things online, your like your sense of social obligation should uh should dictate what you put out there. Yeah. Um, I, I love to see that change happen, you know, yeah. I and I feel like part of the reason that I like podcasting about science fiction is because it's the, it's the, it's the genre in which those type of discussions happen the most to, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know? Or at Absolutely. least for me personally, that it's inspires me the most, like most of what, like when I think about the future and what can go wrong and you know, what can go right and what steps we need to take now. Um, I think the the parts of my brain that learn to think that way are the parts that have been reading and watching science fiction since I was a tiny little kid. Yeah. I think it kind of builds the builds the pathways of scientific thought in you. Yeah. So I think it's very powerful and important.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And I'm gonna keep talking about it all the time. Hell yeah. Man, well we were gonna sit (laughs) we were gonna talk about my stepmother's an alien, but let's that was a great episode let's just call that an episode
1: you want that to be an episode let's
0: call that an episode okay and then let's like do the stepmother's an alien thing okay um
1: how long was that
0: that was 45 minutes okay and i that's a conversation that i've been wanting to have on the show for a while yeah so let's just call that it and put that out there let's do it um
1: put it out there
0: yeah So sorry thanks world for, being for here. doing that thanks for being here thanks for listening next week you'll get Sarah back we're going to talk about my stepmother's an alien
1: yeah fuck yeah that gives you all that gives y'all time <laughs> to go watch it it totally. is so funny
0: that's brilliant
1: yeah really brilliant. go watch my stepmother's an alien
0: I've never seen it Very I'm
1: so excited for you
0: oh my god I can't wait okay, <laughs> okay well thank you for listening and we'll see you next time bye if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a positive rating and review on iTunes or supporting the show through Patreon or PayPal. All the details are at jessemercury.com slash support. There will be a link in the show notes for this episode to learn more about Sarah and Rachel's Planned Parenthood event, Protect Our Tacos. So be sure to check that out as well. Thanks again for listening. Next week, Sarah will be back. We'll be chatting about my stepmother is an alien. See you then.